All right, let's get going here. Shine sight. It's ready time over here. So uh, today's daf is daf Chafalif, page 21. Okay. We got up to Omar of Yehuda, Omar Rav, which is seven lines from the top of the Yomud. Now, yesterday we ran through the end of the daf. Remember, we discussed all the sounds that uh, can be heard from one end of the world to the other. We didn't really take the time to expand on it. So just to mention a couple things, and that is, you know, the, the Brysa, which taught us that there's sounds that are heard that travel from one end of the earth, one end of the world to the other, are referring to ideas and knowledge that we have, things that we know exist. For example, the stadiums of Rome, the crowds in Rome, is refers to anti-Semitism. We know there's anti-Semitism, and the sound of the... Uh, anti-Semitism really should, uh, is, is very loud. We're very knowledgeable that such a thing exists and we have to be aware that we're in Golos and that there will all, there's always going to be anti-Semitism. Okay? Also that uh, the neshama of a person leaves the body. Everybody's aware of death. Everybody aw- everybody's aware that nobody lives forever. That happens to everybody. And this knowledge should keep us on track, right? Should keep us focused. Now the Chachamim seems to ha- seem to have prayed that people shouldn't take this too far. When I was uh, learning in the Mir Yeshiva, I was, si- I was sitting next to a Yid who had a lot more life experience than I did. I was maybe 19, 20, and he was already, you know, uh, 70s at least. And um, one of the quotes that he shared with me, I don't think it's his, but he told me, he told me, um, dream like you'll be here forever, but act like you'll be gone tomorrow. That's what he tells me. Like, okay, so at the time, I, th- I th- you know, it was uh, at the time, certainly for a 19, 20 year old, that was very profound. What was he sharing with me? That you can't get too caught up. First, I can't say, oh, I know that, you know, I'm going to die anyway, so what's the point of everything, right? That's a big part of the second parak of Kehelis. Is Shlomo HaMelech getting saddened and depressed about this knowledge? that we're only here for a very short amount of time. So the, it seems that from our Gemara, the Chum Davin, that this knowledge, this sound, this noise of the day of death should be gone, and also birth, the fact that people are actually alive. So all these things that if you, if you want to go back and dwell on it and, and uh, focus on these sounds that would be heard from beginning of the world till the other, really referring to things that we need to constantly keep in our consciousness. Okay, here we go. Let's pick up on today's daf. A quick overview. This is actually very gishmak. And uh, just to explain what we'll be doing today, we're going to finish the parak, Bezus Hashem. Daf Chof Aleph is the final daf in the very first parak of Yuma. So we'll be zeiche to finish our first parak of Yuma. Throughout this daf, we're going to be discussing the various miracles that took place in the Beis HaMikdash. Okay? The various miracles... Um, we're going to make a list, and we're going to go through a list. We're going to ask why some things were left off the list, other things that could have been added, and really go down to some fascinating details. Here we go. Amr Rav Marav. Seven lines from the top of Chofal Marav. Rav says, In the name of Rav Bisho, Now this is, watch these words. Usually, Ola Regal means Pesach, Shavuos, and Sokis. And I believe it means that here too. Okay? We're obviously going to be, you'll, we'll see in a moment, this is going to include Yom Kippur as well. 
But because it includes Pesach, Shavuos, and Sukkot, there's something that I personally don't have so clear, and I want everybody to think about, and maybe we'll spend time afterwards uh, staying on Zoom and discussing this. But it says, when Klaizot would be Eilerego, Eimden Tzvufum, when they would stand together, they would be Tzvufuf, they would be floating in the air. That's how crushed together they were. And, uh, you know, I think all of our minds are going to the news that took place this past Lagba Eimer. Um, I don't know if that's, <laughs> uh, I'm not even sure what to say, right, about, uh, you know, the, the connection of this to, to unfortunately what happened in Meron. But here in the base of Mikdash, everybody was very close and it was, it was obviously very safe. People were, were tight together and they were packed together davening. Fascin- in, in, in fascinating though, miraculously, when it came time to bow down, Rashi says, and to say vidoy, to say the confession, when everybody bowed down and confessed their averis, incredibly, everybody had their six feet. They had their daladamas. It was a miracle. It's not like the Beis Hamikdash expanded. Miraculously, in that same space, everybody had four amas. Everybody had, had uh, six feet. And they even went behind the, the Kodesh HaKadoshim into that 11 Amma area, completely around the perimeter of the Heichel. Um, and uh, they took up that space even while they were standing. Now, a very uh, a beautiful message that the, uh, the G'daylum teach us is when it says, The first time I heard this from, was from Rabbi Pesach Kron. Uh, so the Bali Musr teach us, our Musr leaders teach us a, me- a lesson in life. Oimdim, when people stand firm, when people are standing up, revachim, there's never enough room for everybody. I'm standing up for principles, I'm standing up for my rights, I'm standing up, uh, yeah. we, 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 we claim like it's not about the money, you know, it's about the principle, you know, we're standing up. Mishtachavim, when somebody's willing to bow down, what's bowing down? Humbling ourselves. Revachim. All of a sudden we find there's enough space for everybody. There's enough space in our own personal lives. People stand firm. No, I can't wiggle. I can't bend. It's going to be too tight. But we'll find mishtachavim. We're willing to lower ourselves. Humble a little bit. Revachim. Yeah. Baruch Hu put us all in this world. There's room for everybody. All right? There's room for everybody. All right. Says the Gemara. My Kalmar. What is this Chiddush of Rabbi Yehuda Omar Rav? What does he want to uh, tell us? Even even though that they extended throughout the entire area, even the Levin Amma area behind the curtain, meaning behind the Kedesh HaKadoshim, and they were standing crowded together. So there wasn't an inch. It's not like, oh, when you bow down, people can just like back up and move a little bit. No, they, it was completely crowded. Still, when they would bow down, miraculously, there would be plenty of space for everybody. So here we go. This is going to lead us on to the focus of today's daf, this list. This miracle that when we stood together, there was no room. And when we bowed down, all of a sudden, miraculously, there was social distancing. Everybody had their six feet. Is one of the, 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 is part of the list of ten miracles that took place in the base of Mikdash. Because you learned in the Mishnah and Avais, Asar Nisanaz Mesa Mikdash, there were 10 miracles that ha- I'm going to add the word over here to constantly. We'll see why soon. 
There were ten miracles that constantly happened in the base of Mikdash. As tantalizing as the smell was for the meat of the carbonus in the base of Mikdash, very often a woman who's pregnant can get a craving, and if that craving is not filled, it's very dangerous and she can miscarry. So a woman, however, never miscarried because of the smell of the delicious meat cooking. She's not allowed to eat it, right? There's certain parts that have to go to the kahanim. So, uh, but still, no woman ever uh, miscarried. So there was no danger of going up to the Harabayas, of going up to the Beis HaMikdash, and people bring karbonas. And the hectish meat never started to rot. Okay, now they didn't have refrigeration back then. They didn't have freezers. A lot of karbonas, you're allowed to eat it for two days. Usually, when meat is left out for a while, it starts to spoil. The meat never spoiled. Also, you think when there's meat and blood and stone and wood, you think there'd be a lot of bugs around, a lot of flies particularly. No, you never saw a fly in the base of Mikdash. And the Kain Gadol, even though at times he was, ended up becoming Tomei or Puzzle for the Avodah and Kippur for other reasons, he never became Tomei or Puzzle because of Kerry, which was a miracle. In other words, not because of an embarrassing thing. He never became Tomei due to an embarrassing thing. <coughs> they also, the carbon Aymer, which was needed in order to eat the new grains, the new crop, never ever had a problem with it. It always went through. Also the two loaves of bread for Shavuot. And this was a weekly miracle, right? Recall, we just read about this in last week's Parsha, Parsha Samar, yesterday. The 12 showbreads. Always perfect, unbelievable. And the, the, another miracle was when you stood straight, there was tight. When you bowed down, there was plenty of space. So again, this is the list, right? We see that this miracle is part of the list. Like, Even though there were a lot of snakes and scorpions in Yerushalayim, they never hurt or damaged somebody. Listen to this, beautiful. Such a beautiful message again. Ayir never said to his friend, There's not enough room for me in Yerushalayim. To be a Laregel, to go up. A person never, you know what this means? You know what this means? We have to appreciate the land of Israel. Particularly, we have to appreciate Yerushalayim. We're not supposed to, people, unfortunately, people go to Yisrael, people go to Yerushalayim, and we don't focus on the beauty and the positive qualities of the land sometimes. Sometimes we come back and we complain. Yeah, what's the complaint? The shawarma wasn't as good as I thought it's going to be. Yeah? I thought I'm going to get a better Israeli salad, yeah? Right, people come back, oh, what restaurants did he eat in? Yeah, all right, very nice. So we know that Eretz Yisrael has incredible gashmias, yeah? They've got uh, delicious restaurants and the fruits and vegetables and everything in Eretz Yisrael is just better, it's better, right? But it, because it's better, we're not supposed to focus on any lacks. When we think about Eretz Yisrael, when we think about Kedusha, we think about... The, the positive qualities a person doesn't say to their friend, there's no room for me. People don't, we don't quetch about Eretz Yisrael. We don't quetch about Yerushalayim. Okay. Says the Gemara, one second. If you look at the list, what's the list? It says, oh, woman didn't miscarry in the Beis HaMikdash. The meat didn't spoil in the Beis HaMikdash. A fly wasn't seen in the Beis HaMikdash. Kain Gadol didn't have any mission in the Beis HaMikdash. The Omer wasn't puzzled in the base of Mikdash. The Shtei Alechem wasn't puzzled in the base of Mikdash. Lechem Ampana wasn't puzzled in the base of Mikdash. And then the last two about the snakes and scorpions in Yerushalayim. And a person didn't say to his friend, there's no room in Yerushalayim. So look at the list. Again, there's a list of ten. But the first they'd have to do with the base of Mikdash. 
And the last two, we switch over to Yerushalayim. It says the Gemara, Pesach v'Mikdash v'Siyem Yerushalayim. You told me there's 10, uh, ten miracles that are based on Mikdash, <laughs> but the last two aren't based on Mikdash miracles. Answers the Gemara, Ikatarti Achronais v'Mikdash. You're right. So the last two miracles that took place inside the Beis HaMikdash were the following, the Tanya we learned in the Brisa, the, the fire on top of the Mizbeach never went out. Even when it would rain, it was open. It was open on top. Fire never went out. And the smoke that went up on top of the Mizbeach, even with all the winds swirling around, that smoke went straight up. Now, for, the, for us, this is so beautiful because we're just coming out of Masech HaShkalem. And if we recall, in Masech HaShkalem, it was the family of Abtinas. Remember the family that knew uh, the, the special recipe for the Keteris and they started charging a lot of money. So the Chachamim went to Alexandria to try to hire other people and they knew the recipe, but they didn't know how to put in the ingredient that kept the smoke straight, right? And Mamela, they backed off and they went back to the they went back to this family. Okay, now, so coming off of that Gemara, we have a beautiful idea. Miraculously, the smoke was going to stay straight anyway. It was going to stay straight, but you still have to do, according to nature, what you got to do. Okay. And therefore, if, the, if it's this family that has the proper recipe for doing it, we were obligated to go that route. Ah, there's going to be a miracle? Okay. But that miracle is for Hashem to decide whether there'll always be a miracle. But what we, have, what we need to do is create and go along with the best nature that we know how. Says the Gemara, okay. So therefore, what are we just, why are we mentioning this? Because we gave a list of 10. We had a question. The last two aren't based on Mikdash miracles. Those are Yerushalayim miracles. So the Gemara responds, okay, you're right. So we have two different miracles in the Beis HaMikdash, which is that the fire didn't go out and the smoke never uh, moved out of place. Period. Okay. Now, the Gemara continues and says, whoa, 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 whoa. In the Beis HaMikdash, you're telling me there's only 10 miracles total? Really? Let me show you something, says the Gemara. Here we go. Now we're going to go for a beautiful ride. Along this daf, a suleko, where the no other miracles were done, Rav Shmaya bekal be nevoi. Rav Shmaya taught in the place called kal nevoi. Shivrei klicheres nevla mim kaimam. If you ever had earthenware vessels used in the base on mikdash for carbonus, so the blood would get soaked into the side of the earthenware vessels. Now here's the problem: we know the laws of kosher, right? Any blood that's soaked into earthenware, earthenware cannot, cannot be koshered. So now here's the issue. If earthenware cannot be kashered and it's blood soaked into the side, you can never reuse it because that juice that's in the walls of the earthenware vessel is now going to be no sir. It's going to be left over past its time so that you'd think that all these vessels that need to be broken, the Beis would be full of broken vessels that, that uh, needed to get out of the way because they were full of nicer. But miraculously, every time they had one of these kinds of vessels, the ground would just swallow it up it was never seen. V'yomar Abaye, and Abaye says, Mura Venutza, that the, the, the crop and the feathers of all the bird carbonites, V'dishan Mizbeach Apanim, in the ashes of the Mizbeach Apanim, V'dishan Emanir, in the ashes of Emanir, in the Vlom Kaimah. As soon as they touched the ground, they got swallowed up immediately. So ask the Gemara, why are you only giving a list of 10? I got a few more 
I got a few more miracles. Sigmar answers, no, those don't count to the list. You know why? Granted, those are miracles, but those were miracles that took place because things were becoming puzzle. Okay? And therefore, all the things that are there for uh, things that became puzzle all count as one. And therefore, apic tray, remove two, the aisle tray, and add these, uh, add these last two. Meaning any time you have a miracle that has to do with something that became puzzle, that's all lumped together into one miracle. Even though it presented itself in different fashions, right? It presented itself through broken vessels, and it could, uh, it could um, uh, present itself through the, um, the lechem upon him that was never disqualified, and the aimer which was never disqualified. That all goes together as well. That's all called one. Okay, and therefore we're, we can now add to the list. Says Gemara Ihachi, if any miracle which are alike go one to the list, bluem nami trehave. So anything that gets swallowed up into the ground, should count as one. And now we're down to nine again because anything that gets swallowed up in the ground, the menaira, the bird, the broken, uh, the broken earthenware. Um, and the 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 um, all those should only count as one. And we're back down to nine. Answers the Gemara. Ikanami achriti. Oh, there's a, we could add one more miracle. And the Amr of Yeshua Levi, Yeshua Levi says, "Neis Godol Hinasim Lechem Aponim." There's a miracle for Lechem Aponim. Again, this is what we read in yesterday in Parshas Emar. Silukai b'sidurai shenamar lasum lechem chaim biyaim he lachai. That the bread at the time that it was taken off was as fresh as the day that it was placed there. They took it out. It was nine days old, but it remained ah, mamish delicious, mamish soft. Says the Gemara v'suleka. For there are no other miracles. Vamar b'levi b'levi says. The following thing we have through our tradition, through our Messiah. Incredibly, the Arain, which was two and a half Amas by one and a half Amas, took up no space in the Kaidish HaKadoshim. When you'd measure the Kaidish HaKadoshim, okay, which was 20 square Amas, the Arain didn't take up any space. The Omar, if you'd measure, you'd measure the same on both sides, it's like the Arain didn't exist. The Amar of Yanayim, Vamar Rabnoi, Amar Shmuel, Rabnoi says, Name Shmuel, Keruvim, Benesai Yoyindim, that the Keruvim also were there miraculously. So why don't we count this to the miracles that took place in the Beis HaMikdash? Okay. Now, answers the Gemara, I'll tell you why. Because the Kedesh HaKadoshim people didn't see. Nisei Debroi Kachashi, we're mentioning miracles that were noticeable on the outside. Nisei Degaboi Lekachashi. We're not, of course there's more miracles. We're not mentioning miracles that weren't seen by the public. It says Gemara, if so, if we're not mentioning things that were kept private, Lechem Aponim Nami, Lechem Aponim as well. Nisei Degavoy have it. The fresh bread was only seen by the Kahanim in the Beis HaMikdash. It wasn't out uh, known to the public. So the Gemara says, no, it was. You know why? Lechem Aponim Nisei Degavoy who it's considered outside. You should put the lechem upon him on the pure tahar table. Tahar mechlashu tamei. How can you have a tar table? Uh, how, can lechem, how can the table for lechem upon him be tar? Be, be tamei. When are you ever going to find a situation where 
that that table became tummy, how it could be possibly be tummy. In other words, Reish Lakish says, why do we need to be instructed to put it on the tahar table? It seems to imply that there's a table that can be tummy. How so? So he explains as follows. Says Reish Lakish, we now turn to the top of Amadez. Uh, a kli'etz, which remains in one place, anything that remains in one place, it's considered part of a building and it's not makabal tumah. It's not possible to be tumah. It's also a chatzitza for a tumah. It stops tumah. Listen to this. They would lift up the table of lechem upon them when people would come up to be oyle regal. They wanted to show them the miracle of the fresh bread. They would lift it up high so people could actually see it. And they would say to the people, see how beloved you, Klal Yisrael, are in front of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That they, when we take off lechem upon him, it's as fresh as when it was first put there. So what's the point of all this? Because we said, I, if you're not mentioning inside miracles, why you, why'd you mention lechem upon him? People didn't see it. The answer is no. People did see it when they came to be Ola Rego. We did show them lechem upon him. And that's why we count the freshness of the lechem upon him towards the list of ten. Because it was public, uh, it was publicly seen, period. Okay. Now, we're going to ask further questions on this list of ten. Here we go. Were there no other public miracles? Somebody's going to have to explain this to me. He planted trees of gold that grew golden fruits in the Beis HaMikdash. And Rashi says the Kehanim would sell these fruits to make money. Not the Baikom and Nebuchadnezzar shows up. While you may see him, bear his name as mana. And they would grow the type of fruits that were seasonal, in gold. And when the wind would fall, they would, uh, they'd come up. Okay, they'd come off, and that's how you knew it was time to grow new fruits. I, I lost the place, I'm sorry. That it, uh, it rustles in the wind like the fruits of Levonine. But when they brought up the Zara into the Hechal, this tree stopped. And the flowers of Levonine were dried up, were, were destroyed. In the third base Hamikdash, we're going to have this miraculous tree back. It will certainly grow and blossom. Uh, and there will be rejoicing. Uh, we'll even have this tree of Levonin that's going to come back. So ask the Gemara, why don't we mention this golden tree that people were able to see on the list of ten? And says the Gemara, because it was a one-time miracle. Okay? It's because of this answer, if we go back to t- earlier today's daf, when we translated the list of ten, I threw in the word, I believe, um, consistently, Yeah, that, that this, this did this often. Because the Gemara says that we're only listing things that, are, that happen over and over, we're not listing a one-time miracle. Since Shlomo Melech planted this one time, 
we're not ca- granted it was a miracle in the base of Mikdash, but that's that's why we didn't put it on the list. Again, so we're qualifying the list. What's the list now? Ten miracles that happened more than once, and it was publicly seen. Says Gemara, Now that you say this, you could also explain Aaron Akruvnami, the Aaron Akruvn as well. They're only made once initially, and that's why they uh, since they're fixed and set in the base of Mikdash, that's why they weren't part of the list. Okay, we had asked, I why isn't it on the list? Lachora, it's a miracle that it didn't take up any space, both the art and the Kruvim. The answer is because it was a one-time thing, and we're talking about constant miracles. Okay, very good. So we've established our list of 10 miracles that happen to the, where the public sees it, and it's more than once. Okay. Amar Mar, the Tana taught us, the Ashan Amaracha, the smoke of the Maracha, Miyav Oshmaracha. Was there smoke that came up from the pile on top of the pile of wood on top of the Mizbeach? Was there even smoke? Listen to this. We learned in a Bryson. There were five things that we learned about the fire. Revutza Kari. It was a miraculous piece of wood that came down from Shemayim, from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The wood was shaped like a lion, and that was the centerpiece firewood. And that always remained there. Ubarakachama, it was clear as the sun, v'yeshba mamish, the fire, listen to this, try to understand this. It's a fascinating thing. Fire, as we know it, is a mixture of physical and spiritual. Right, fire actually represents. It, it, it gives a human being uh, knowledge that there's something that's real, even though you can't touch it. Because try touching fire, you can't grasp it. But if you put your finger in, it's going to hurt. So we know something's there. Okay. The fire on top of the maracha had substance. It could be touched. And this is the main point, okay? And that is, it would burn up wet things the same way it would burn up uh, dry things. And there was no smoke. So ask the Gemara, what do you mean that there was a miracle that the smoke uh, never went out of its place? The Brisa tells us there was no smoke in the first place. Agutakasha. Answers the Gemara, Kikarminon When do we say that there, sometimes there is smoke, sometimes there's no smoke. When do we say there is smoke? When... We're dealing with the fire of a hedge. What does that mean? The time we learned the price of Nasim Bayar and Akain Ishmael the Kahanim put the fire of his Vayach Af Al Pishain Yaredis Shamayim, which means even though fire does come down from Shamayim, mitzvah Lavimina Hedyat, there's a mitzvah to bring for ourselves, do what works within nature. Mamil, there were basically two fires that existed on the Mizbeach. The one that came down from Shamayim had no smoke. The one that was brought up from down here on earth, that did give off smoke. Ravutzakari, we said that uh, this, this uh, fire looked like a crouching lion. And was more like a crouching dog, like Asha. Okay? Once during the first base of Mikdash was the lion, during the second base of Mikdash was the dog. Really? On the second base of Mikdash, there was this miraculous fire that came down and, and uh, it was it was shaped like a dog. What does that mean? 
What does it mean that I'm gonna I'm gonna want it and be honored by it? The karinon ve'ikavda. Okay. Now, if you the word is written without a hey, which would ends up being da, but it, it's properly read with a hey. Okay. It says the Gemara, Maishnah de Machoser hey. Why is it written without a hey? The word ve'ikavda. Elu chamisha devarim shahil bein rishay lemikdasheni. The letter hey we know has the gematria numerical value of five, and it tells us there were five differences. Between the base of Mikdash and the uh, the first base of Mikdash and the second base of Mikdash, Eluhain, and these are the differences. Arain, there was an Arain in the first base of Mikdash, not in the second. Kapiras, the covering Ukruvim, the Arain Kapiras and the Kruvim, that were by the first, not by the second. Ash, the fire from Shemayim was by the first, not by the second at all. Okay, so you see, there's none at all. Shechina. The divine presence exists in the first, not in the second. Remember, beginning of our Masechta, the whole story with Reish Lakish, where he thought that if Klaisar would have come back with Ezra, the Shechina would have been there. And Rabbi Yechanan responds to him that no, it, that wasn't the cause. It's because there were non-Jews that took part in the building of the Beis HaMikdash. Okay, but either way, the Shechina wasn't there on the same level it was by the first. Baruch HaKadosh, Vorim So you see, ask the Gemara, the fire was not from Shemayim at all. Amri, they said, in Mihave Have, Siyua Loi Messiah. There was a fire from Shemayim, but that fire wasn't used to uh, burn up the Karbanas. So in the first place, there was a fire that came down from Shemayim, and it was active. The second place, the fire came down, but it was inactive. It was more uh, just represented uh, than HaKadosh Baruch Hu lowering the fire, but it wasn't actually used. Period. End of that Gemara. Okay, here we go. Fascinating brisa concerning fire. Tanur Rabban of the rabbis learned, and so should we. Sheish ishrays hein. There's six types of ish, six types of fire. Yesh achelas ve'ina shaisa. There's fire that consumes but does not drink. Ve'ishaisa ve'ina achelas. There's fires that drink it doesn't consume. Ve'ish achelas v'shaisa. Some consume and drink. Ve'ish achelas lachin giveishim. Some fires um, consume wet and dry. Similarly, ve'ish ish doicha ish. There's some fire that are daicha ish push aside other fires. Uh, it's like a fire repellent. The ish ish eichelas ish, and there's other fire that consumes and eats other types of fire. Let's get into this. It's fascinating. Yesh ish eichelas ve'enai shoisa. Let's go in order of our brisa. We said there's a fire that consumes but doesn't drink. Ha didan. This is talking about the fire that we know. A fire that we know, if you put a solid into it, what will happen? What will happen? It will get burnt. If you put a lot of water on a fire, it will put out the fire. Okay? And you put a little bit, that doesn't turn into more fire. Okay? So a regular fire eats solids, not liquids. Which fire drinks but doesn't consume? Dechulun. This is talking about fever, a sick person. When a person has fever, they get nauseous, but they could also dehydrate, so they need water. Very interesting. Where do you have a fire that consumes and drinks? The Elio, this is the fire of Elio. And it was a fire that drank up the water that was in the trough, okay? This is referring to the miracle of the Baal, 
when Eliyahu Anavi uh, uh, made a competition to show that Baal really had um, had uh, no power whatsoever. And he says, HaKadosh Baruch Hu sent down a fire and prove whose carbon he wants. So what Eliyahu Anavi did is he put, he put water around his carbon, okay? And he says, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, send down your fire. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu sent down a fire that drank up all the water as well as the carbon. So you see there's a fire of Eliyahu that Eliyahu Anavi Davim for that eats solids and liquids. There's a fire that, uh, that uh, eats lachem, uh, uh, wet and dry. This is talking about the, uh, the pile of wood on top of the Mizbeach. There's a fire of Eish, where one fire sends out another fire. That is the, the miracle of the Malach Gavriel, okay? which Rashi explains when Hanani, Mishal, Vazari were sent into the furnace to be killed, Gavriel came down and brought his own cooling fire that they could sit inside of. So he brought down a fire that itself was a fire repellent and saved the three Nevi'im. And there's a fire that, that eats other fire. That is the Shechina, referring to the Shechina, because the Tana taught us, He stretched out his finger in between them and they were burnt. Okay? This is talking about, Rashi explains that HaKadosh Baruch Hu, when he says, Nasa Odom B'Tzalmenu Kidmuseinu, he said to the Malachim, let us make man, there were Malachim that were not interested, and they're made from fire, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu um, stretched out his fingers, so to speak, and he, had, he got rid of these Malachim. Period. Okay. Here we go. Let's get back to our list of ten miracles. Here we go. We'll finish out the parak with a bang. The smoke on top of the maracha always went straight up. says, The night after Yom Everybody would look and gaze at the pillar of smoke. Night the clap They would head north. The poor people would be happy. The businessmen would be sad. Because it would go to the north. It means there'd be a lot of rain. Okay? They didn't use groundhogs in the Beis HaMikdash. No, no, no. We had HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Yeah, we had HaKadosh Baruch Hu sending the smoke. And the smoke would head north. That's always going to be a lot of rain. And the Mela, there's going to be, uh, if there's going to be a lot of rain, so the, the fruit and the food, the grain, is not going to hold well because it's going to be moist. All right? And therefore, the stuff's going to have to sell faster, Rashi explains. And once things have to sell faster, it needs to be sold at a... Discount. It's got to be sold at lesser price because you got to get rid of everything faster. You can't just hold on to it and wait for people to pay more. So the Aniyim would be thrilled because now the price of produce is going down. Okay. Not the Klapi Dorim. If they're headed towards the south, Aniyim Matzav, Ubali Batim Smechen. Then the Aniyim will be sad. Yeah, there's going to be inflation. Okay. And by the Balabatim, the Bizmen are going to be happy. Because, oh, it means. Not going to be so much rain, and therefore the grain is going to be able to last 
longer and they could hold on to it for a better price. Not the clap in Mizrah, if I went to the east, everybody would be happy. It would be just perfect, be enough to sell. And it wouldn't be too expensive to buy. Klapi Marv went to the West, Hakolat Sefim. Everybody would be sad. Okay? Why? Says Hakolat everybody would be sad. Why would everybody be sad? Because it means that there's not going to be enough rain for anybody to have any food. Okay. But what's the bottom line? We said Matzayamtif, everybody would gaze and look at the smoke. Which direction it heads in? One second. Didn't we say that the miracle in the base of Mikdash was that the smoke never moved? That it went straight up? Answers the Gemara. Okay? That what it means straight up doesn't mean that it wouldn't head off in any particular direction. It still would head off in a particular direction. But it just wouldn't spread out in multiple directions. Okay? So it would always go in one straight direction. Did it have to be up? No, it can go a little bit to the north, a little bit to the east, west, south, right? Uh, east, uh, north, south, east, west. It could go there, but it always stayed together. It wouldn't, it wouldn't open up like a cloud of the smoke that we have, period. All right. Omar Mar, to continue on this topic, because this is going to be the, um, this is gonna be the uh, final topic of the Perek, which we're, we are discussing the direction that the smoke goes in what, uh, what, what it's good for, okay? So again, let's remind ourselves. We said that if it would go to the north, that meant there's going to be a lot of rain, but it's going to have to be sold fast, so the price of food would be low. If it goes towards the south, then the, um, then the Aniyam would be sad, because the businessmen are going to be able to hold on to the produce for longer. If it went to the east, everybody would be happy. If it went to the west, everyone would be sad. We said that if it goes to the east, everyone would be, everyone would be thrilled. If it went to the west, everybody's going to be sad. For a minute, it was that true. That's a contradiction. We said if it goes to the west, it's always yafe. Now, our Bryce had just said west is sad, okay? If it goes to the west, it's good. My rabbi is laylum kosher. A wind from the west. I'm sorry. Mizrach is If a wind comes from the east, that's good. Okay. Maravis, if it comes from the west, it's always bad. Ruach is the finest. If it comes from the north, it's good for wheat as long as it's at the proper stage. A third grown, as long as the wheat is grown at its proper stage. But it's not going to be good for olives that are in their earliest stages of blooming. Ruach dryness, a southern wind, is not good for wheat that has already grown a third. And it's good for olives that are starting to bloom. And the way to remember what's good and what's bad, the shulchan that had the bread, parnasa, is to the north. So parnasa, it's going to be good when things are to the north. And Menaira Bedar, and the Menaira is is uh, towards the south. Hi Marbedidei, Bahar Marbedidei. Okay, so each one takes care of its own. Meaning, the the table that had the lechem upon him, if it's to the north, it's good for the wheat that needs for bread, and the Menaira that needs the olives is towards the south. 
Okay, it's towards the south. If it goes to the south, towards the Menaira side, that's good for the olives. Haim Rabbi Day, Bahar, Mi Day. But what's the bottom line? We have a question here because we see that it's not always that east and west are either good or bad. Some things are good, some things are bad. It depends. Wheat, olives, okay? Answers the Gemara, like Kasha, Halon, Vehalahu. One's dealing with the people in Bavel, and one's dealing with the people in Eretzshal. When it comes to Bavel, so too much wind is, uh, too much wind from the west means that the poor people are going to be happy, okay? There's going to be a lot of rain. And if it goes to the east, that means there's not going to be um, enough, okay? But that's the, the Shochan of Menorah, that simon is only for Eretz Yisrael. When it comes to Bavel, where, that's where we say that something from the east is good because Bavel, had, uh, the, the ground and the land of Bavel works completely different than the land of ground of Eretz Yisrael. It was a lot, uh, the, the land is a lot wetter in Bavel. And therefore, the more rain could be a problem because it could lead to more flooding and less growth. And therefore, it's going to be things that may be good for Eretz Yisrael will not be good for Bavel, and rains for Bavel will not necessarily be good for Eretz Yisrael. Hadron Allah Shivas Yomim, Hadron Allah Shivas Yomim, Hadron Allah Shivas Yomim, Mazel Tov to all of us who completed our very first parak of Yuma, 20 blot in. And Bez Hashem, tomorrow we will pick up with Dav Chav Beis.